So, hello and welcome to episode two of this outcast for 2018-19. Um, yeah, sounds like we're in the future now, doesn't it? It's, uh, it's like time is ticking on, unfortunately, in life. But uh, yeah, no Ollie this week. He's still away on his uh, late honeymoon. I think he's checking out the sites of. Uh, I think he's in San Francisco and gone to California and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, he's uh, he's checking out the world. And I'm joined by the Mike and Mike. Should be the Mike and Mike show tonight. It's so the two mics. Like the the two mics. Yeah, yeah, they had a show on talks. <laughs> They're they? awful. So, they are. They? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not as racist. Um, <laughs> Uh, Mike Price, my brother, who's been on a few times, and also Mike Davis, who's been on just as many times. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Yeah. Thank you. I hope we can fill all these big shoes. Yeah. I don't know what size of shoes are. I just want small, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure. We should have checked when we played football with him what boots he wore, but yeah. uh, there we go. I say, I, we've got a few things to run through. We're going to talk about the last few games in pre-season. Um, obviously, we had three games, so a lot this week. Um, look at the new signings that have, have come in in the last week or so since me and Ollie last did a podcast. Um, the predictions of what we think will happen opening day, so... Who the hell is going to play opening day, and what the what the scores will be, and even what formation we might play? It's all sort of up for, for grabs at the moment, um, and then we'll have a look at our expectations for how we think it's going to go into this season. So, yeah, it's it's been a while since I caught up with you two guys. Obviously, we did an end of season podcast, and we caught up when we did the safe sounding special. And it's it's been quite a hectic summer with the World Cup, hasn't it? It doesn't feel like we've had much of a break from football, Mike. Doesn't feel like we've had any break at all. To be <laughs> fair, um, no, I'm still. Still not really in the mood for football after the end of last season and the, and the dismal end to the World Cup. So, yeah. but no, I think got preseason out of the way now and looking looking forward to next week. Yeah, and, and last time you were on, Mike, you were saying you were going to find it very very difficult to get over the final loss at uh, Wembley and Rotherham. Yeah, you know we're a month or two on now. Is, uh, is it dulled anything at least, at least a little bit? I sort of entirely disengaged from the town over the summer um, <laughs> and just put them on the back burner. And then I, I was struggling to get my head into the fact there's a new season coming. Then we signed a goalkeeper. Yeah. And I was like, right, I'm in now because we've actually got a team. So I'm quite excited for Saturday, I must say. That's good, that's good. I think that's the general feeling, isn't it? I think people are, are quite glad that the pre-season's over now. They're sort of phony war. I think we've learned some things and we'll run through that as we go on now. But um, yeah, let's, let's, let's sort of recap the rest of pre-season. Formation and you're starting 11 and it's 2-0! And Shrewsbury Town look like they've got themselves the victory here. Well, he went unchallenged, did Arthur Genoa, and he finds the bottom corner. So, pre-season this week, we started off, well, last Saturday now, um, with a game at home to what was a quite a quality Brentford team that turned up and obviously included the return of uh, Ryan Woods, but not only Ryan Woods, it was uh, Luke Daniels and... Uh, Remain Sawyers. Remain Sawyers as well, yeah. So we had a couple of our old players playing and, and, and yeah, it was a, a, probably the strongest challenge we've had in pre-season so far. I went to Bristol City and um, they made a lot of changes and, and it probably wasn't quite as a competitive a game. But okay. yeah, it was it was an interesting game. It obviously ended 3-2, so lots of goals. Um, Town played a 4-5-1 in that game with, with Steve Arnold in goal, uh, a back four, uh, back sorry, a back line of James Bolton, Toto Nasala, Omar Beckles and Ryan Haynes. Uh, midfield of Gilead, John Nolan, uh, Bryn Morris, Doug Loft, and Fay. Uh, still haven't figured out how to pronounce his name. Has anyone got any any I'm, options? I'm going to go with Okembahiri. Okay. No, I just call him Fay. <laughs> <laughs> and up front was uh, Holloway. So yeah, it was it was it was a game with a with a, a good look at these players. Well, there was obviously loads of changes made in the second half, and we can come to talk about who went on. But um, yeah, before we get into sort of the goals and, and bits and pieces like that. First observations of your, particularly Mike, as it was your first game of preseason. I know Mike Davis had been to another one, but. Um, yeah, Mike Brother, I should call you on this. Well, yeah. Confusing, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Um, yeah, it was your first look at players. So what, what was your first general gist of the game, really? Well, my, my general gist of it is pre-season. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and what kind of gist can you get from pre-season? Mm. It's a bit of a run-out. It started pretty um, tamely, I think. It wasn't that competitive. Um, the, the ones that sort of stood out for me, 
Um, obviously, Nolan was his usual brilliant self. But of the new players, I think Faye is, he looks a proper player. I think he's got the touch and the, and the direct running. He looks strong, physical. Yep. And his goal, he absolutely lashed it in, didn't he? So mm. he looked brilliant. Um, I mean, of the rest, uh, we had Doug Loft was neat and tidy, but didn't really stand out, I don't think. Yep. Uh, and then Holloway, when he came on, looked to be uh, a, a sort of suit. If he can continue to play like he did a Super Bowl replacement for Carl Morris. Yeah. Um, I know since he scored quite a few goals he scored in the preseason, day, yeah. which whether he's got more goals in him than Morris, but he's big mm. and physical and, and you know he's decent enough. The header he scored on the day was um, was signs of a good thing. So there was a couple that looked okay, but again it's preseason, so you just can't tell, can you? Yeah, yeah. which is why we're going to spend twenty five minutes talking about preseason. It's gonna be yeah, yeah, exactly. but it was interesting. I mean, for for me, one of the things that was was evident from that game was goalkeeper and, and and us potentially still looking for a goalkeeper with Steve Arnold playing in that game I don't, I don't know what you made of his performance Mike um, yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know I, I don't think either of the goalkeepers that, that played yeah. um, the, uh, the two or three pre-season games fill you filled us with much confidence mm. I think um, we were we were sport for choice last season with the, with yeah. the two lads we had Um and both of them were were quite easy, you know, could quite easily have, have been here this season as, as number ones, yeah. with no problem at all. Yeah. So it was important that we bought a, a, another goalkeeper in. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think Arnold, um, he's a big lad, you know, he he he, he does come for crosses. Uh, haven't really seen enough of him to be no. fair to, to 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 judge him, but. Um, it, it, it's good that we've got another goalkeeper yeah. in to, to, to sort of push him. No, oh, yeah. On the day, the, the, the goals that Arnold conceded, the first one, he didn't move at all for didn't react to no, it. And cool. the second one, he died whilst it hit the back of the net. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was like he was on a satellite delay or something with those shots. It was yeah. a bit strange. It's probably just worth running through the goals and, and sort of what happened with them. There's obviously the, the first goal for Brentford, they went 1-0 up and it was a bit of a mistake by Brim Morris in central midfield. Yeah, massive mistake. He got caught cold, uh, lost the ball and they just fed it through to the striker and as Mike said, I thought Arnold was a little bit lumbering. He didn't even move for the shot. It was yeah. so quick. I mean, he might have been Sorry, they went through somebody's legs, I think. Could have been. And then, but Town, to be fair, showed a bit of resilience straight away. They got back into it, 1 1, uh, within about two minutes, I think it was. Um, and as Mike Price here mentioned, it was a, a good counter attack and, and a safe Faye fight and a very hardly hit shot. Yeah. Sort of top of the net, good finish. Um, then Brentford scored again. Uh, it was an own goal. I think it came back off Toto in the end. It hit the post, came back out and hit Toto mm. on the toe, and yeah. then they, it looked a bit comical to be yeah. honest with you. But <laughs> let's get those out of our system in pre season, so that's fine. Um, and then yeah, we got back back level. Um, it was Town Corner, which was headed in by Holloway, and he, as you mentioned, then he, he got it well, didn't he? he really did. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't convinced up until Brentford. I, I'll come to talk about Holloway a little bit later on because I think his Port Vale performance showed a little bit more. But for me, he didn't look like the sort who was going to score many goals. But he's starting to sort of show in pre-season that there are goals in him, and maybe this is the chance that he's needed in his career now to be the first choice striker for for, for a career club. A lot of pressure on him, and, and maybe relish that that circumstance. I don't know. What do you guys think? From early glimpses, I think he's he's a carbon copy of um, of Carlton Morris. To mm. be honest, very strong player. Um, holds the ball up well, big unit. Um, seems to have a good finish on him as well, but I, I yeah. think he will he will be the one that that is expected to hold the ball up for for the the two wingers that that, that are coming onto him. Yeah, and we've got a lot of pace out on the wings now, haven't mm. we? Probably one of the things I know we've talked about just as you know on a Sunday afternoon at your mum and dad's, Mike, is uh, you know the the sort of quality we've got on the wings, and it, you've got four or five players that can potentially play out there, and, and only yeah. two positions every week in all likelihood. So we're going to actually have a lot of quality on the bench when it comes to attacking options. I think. Yeah, there was. I think there was concern when Rodman went that we lost sort of ten goals and ten assists last season. But mm. I think between uh, Fay, Issa, um, Gillied, yeah, I think you know if they should be able to chip in with com- with a net 
contribution of more than hopefully Rodman did mm. on his own. And Rodman and Morley had to play every game last season as much as they could because we didn't really have much behind them as backup. But it feels like we've got, we got more options in a, a larger squad so that players like Worley and Nolan aren't going to get run into the ground as the yeah. only sort of you know, first-choice players. You know, they'll play a lot, but we can rotate them out, hopefully. Yeah, and you know, you hope you're not going to play 62 games this season. Well, yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah. You know, you hope we play a lot because we've done well. But you know, uh, you know, maybe not a run all the way to the final of the Checker Trade to lose it this year would be helpful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who who starts on the wing, and we'll we'll come to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, and then second half we had loads of subs. So Charles Reese Cook, who's been on trial from Swindon, came on, and I don't think he impressed the fans. And I don't think he's obviously impressed enough because obviously it wasn't him that we took on in the end. So I think it's probably the last we've seen of him. Um, Luke Hendry, Kieran Kennedy. Sadler, Issa, Jones, Ganua, Barnett, Steph Payne and John Lewis all got to run out as well. So it's one of the interesting things we were talking about um, just before we started recording was we've obviously got a lot of players and in all these preseason games we've made a lot of substitutes. So everyone's made a lot of appearances and everyone's got a lot of game time. And we've also, across this week, played three different tactics across all the three games. So Brentford we played 4-5-1, Telford we played 4-4-2, like a traditional 4-4-2 um, and Port Vale we played 4-3-3. So interesting that anyone who's been scouting us in pre-season if they've been interested in turning up to watch our pre-season games because yeah. most fans haven't but um, you know it's it's difficult for us as fans and even our opposition on the first day of the season to judge quite what the heck we're going to do isn't it Mike? Yeah I don't think um, I don't think anybody's got a clue to be honest <laughs> as uh, apart, well hopefully apart from the manager yeah. um, we, we could set up three or four different ways mm. um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us line up very similar to how we did last season with regards to formation yeah. um, I think that still suits the players that we've got the the best um, but you never know you never know mm. I mean Askey seems to have, have it in his head that he's he, he wants a team that's going to be quite happy to switch between, you know, a, a 4-3-3 and a 4-4-2, and, um, which is good. And it's, We've talked about last season on the podcast, probably both of you, and we talked about one of our undoings was maybe not having a plan B. Mm. Um, so we're presumably working on our plan Bs within this structure and, and potentially we might have that wider squad maybe in some respects compared to last season. It's difficult to compare to last season because it was so good, but maybe there's, there's less quality but more breadth so it gives us different options in games. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. You know, you can't tell that quite yet, but it, maybe it seems like that's the way we're headed. Yeah, tactics are a funny thing because um, Hurst came in as a died-in-the-wall, I am a 4-4-2 guy. Mm. And then when he sort of had his chance with with a, with a pre-season, he came out with a 3-3... Four three three sort of thing, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he stuck to that rigidly. And then when we needed to change in the middle of the game, he didn't even revert to a four four two. Then he'd no. throw another striker on, mm-hmm. but we'd go narrow. And um, I don't know whether tactically Hurst uh, was was fairly limited, and perhaps Askey's got a little bit more on the locker. I don't know. I hope so. Um, we'll find out. We'd like to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting. But yeah, I mean, so that was it. I mean, we lost the game in the end. There was a, there was a last goal for Brentford. So. They made it 3-2. It was a low cross finish by both striker, but there'd been so many changes by both teams by then. It was quite an unsettled game. And I know you took your daughter to your first game. Oh, um, yeah. So you were, yeah. you were a bit distracted yourself. So I don't think you watched the last 25 minutes. Yeah, she's three in September. So I spent a lot of the time trying to get to read a Peppa Pig magazine. Um, and we've, we'd gone through all the distraction snacks by about 20 minutes in. Oh, so no. it was a bit of a concern. No, she, she lasted the whole game. Yeah. Um, and I did get to see most of it. You did. You did. Um, but we were sitting down the front as well, which doesn't help you view. No, and it, yeah. I think it was just a case, a case as I say, it was what we're talking about now, it was a case of getting a look at those players, and um, as I say, it was those last 25 minutes were fairly non-eventful yeah. anyway, weren't they, other than their goals. Yeah. The, two, the two sort of takeaways I got from the game was, we desperately needed a better goalkeeper, yeah. and we hadn't seemed to replace the Agogo Godfrey sort of destroyer, mm. and that sits in front of the back four, breaks it up and gets rid of it. Loft was tidy, but he didn't seem to go in very hard. 
Morris doesn't. He tries to play that game, but he's not physical enough, I don't think. No. So we were missing that, which hopefully this Laurent character is. Yeah. yeah, we've obviously signed a couple more players, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But before we before we sum that up, it's probably just we're talking about Loft because you know this was the game which actually convinced the club to go ahead and sign him because we he signed I think two days later something like that. Um, and so yeah, he's obviously done enough in preseason, Mike, to sort of justify us putting a bit of money into him. I think it's obviously a short contract, and he's got he's quite old. But I think you get the feeling that he might be a backup option. But at the moment. There is a feeling that he might actually be pushing for a start. Um, yeah, I think I think he's going to be a squad player, isn't mm, he? I, yeah. I, you know, I'd, I'd be be slightly concerned if he was if he was nailed on first choice every <laughs> week. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is he adds a bit of experience to that to that team. You you look at the central midfield uh, uh, with Laurent Colcott, um, even Faye. Yeah. You know, they're they're all young lads. Um, so it'd be good to have a. A bit more experience mm. in there as well. It's true when you think about the units. Actually, that's a really good point. You've got you know uh, John Lewis, who's played a lot of games up front in that sort of young attacking option, and obviously Payne as well. But in the wingers, you've got Wally to look after these young lads who are coming through on the wing. So you're right. You do maybe need someone to be able to put a shoulder on these young lads who are on loan this season, just to kind of steer them through rough patches because yeah. they're going to mm. have them. So yeah. if that's his role, you know, and he, and he fulfills that, and from everything I've read, he's a model pro. He's never let a club down. He's always yeah. put a hundred percent shift mm. in. He might not be the most talented. You know, there's always a need for a player like that. To be fair, and and sometimes those are the players that we've signed, like Rodman, for example, who's yeah. turned out to be stars. So I was going to say, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if you hear in in sort of six months' time that Doug Loft is like the glue of the dressing room, yeah. and he's yeah. a really good yeah. guy in the squad. You know what I mean? Good shout. So yeah, that was that. We we obviously uh, had another game then on the Wednesday, which was a bit more of a feels like a bit more of a fringe team. To be honest, it was still strong. So we went to play Telford. Um, and we eventually won 2-1 uh, with goals from Gnu and Faye. Um, and as I said, we played a 4-4-2 in this game um, with Charles Cook, the trialist, starting in goal, obviously given his chance to maybe impress for a contract, which obviously didn't go his way. Um, and then we had Hendry, Kennedy, Sadler and Haynes at the back. Um, Issa, Colcutt, Laurent and Ganua. So obviously the two central midfielders making their debuts for the club. Um, and then we started with John Lewis and Payne up front at a two, which was a bit different to the, the week before. Um, we also had a trialist on the bench called Gerardo. God knows who he is, but great name. I was really keen on him. Because just from the name, that's the kind of guy I'd, I'd sign on Championship Manager and he'd be dreadful. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I, he played at Vale as well. So um, we'll, have to, we'll have to, I don't know if we'll sign him this week. But, um, yeah, so Telford. I, I, the first thing I might just quickly talk about is uh, cause a slight diplomatic incident between Shrewsbury and Telford at, at the game. I was... Um, I got there early enough to go for a run. I'm trying to keep myself fit at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I went for a run around the, the estates, around the Princess Royal Hospital up there. Not the greatest. And so I just reflected the things I'd seen on my journey. Yeah. And um, by halfway through the game, I was standing by Mike here, and um, we were sort of just watching the game, weren't we? And I was like, I've been followed by Lucy Allen, the MP from uh, Telford and Reekin. And you were like, you were like, you are? And then I said, yeah. And then she called me out on Twitter for saying horrible things about Telford, mm-hmm. saying it's a lovely place to live. And then if I if you ever wanted confirmation that all politicians lie, that was it really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think we all know what Telford's really like. But um yeah, it went on a little bit and she took absolute pelters for yeah. why are you even getting involved with the fanzine account? It's just it was very funny. It was strange. I mean I was following I was following at a distance, I was following your Twitter feed and the Shropshire Star and the club. Yeah. And it was the outstanding entertainment of the evening, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Well we gave up on the game. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I don't think the last twenty minutes I don't think we really there was nothing paid going on. any attention at all to the game. We were more interested in seeing what seen, have you seen this? Going on have you seen this yeah it's crazy but there we go so she's unfollowed me now you'll be pleased to know oh. so hopefully she doesn't have to read any more of my nonsense um but yeah so other than the the incident <laughs> the diplomatic incident we um we had a game obviously going on um didn't start the greatest did it we obviously 
looked awful at the back. They had a free kick with the first sort of three or four minutes. And... I, I wasn't there. I, I, I didn't get in oh, in yeah, time. You were late. I weren't was you? late. Oh, I'm the only one that saw this. Oh well, in that case, then I can confirm to you: very poor defending. Um, yeah, I think there's a fair bit of blame. I mean, Sadler and um, Kennedy were playing centre back, and both of them didn't pick up a tough player, and he just sort of waltzed in and side footed it past. Reese Cook didn't come off his line, so um, yeah, not the greatest start to be honest with you. And in all honesty, Telford dominated for that first twenty minutes. So I, I don't know how much of that you missed oh, by being late, I, but it, only the first five minutes. Oh, was right, saw, yeah. Unfortunately, I saw the rest. Of they it. were on top when you got yeah, in, weren't they? Were, they? Um, yeah. And it took probably twenty minutes for Town to wake up. To be honest with you, once we did, I think from twenty minutes onwards, uh, we did show that we were a League One team and they were a, whatever it is, Conference North team now, and um, pretty much dominated the game there. From to be honest with you, I don't think that the keeper had much to do in terms of the trialists trying to impress because they didn't really threaten from 20, 25 minutes on. So. Yeah, we took a while to get going. We just increased the pressure more and more. And then uh, one of the one of the other highlights of the game was a, a penalty almost at the end of the first half. What did you make of that? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's not going to be on on their penalty <laughs> duty this oh, season. Poor John. Um, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? No, yeah. John Lewis got fouled, uh, sort of going out towards the byline. Yeah. And it was one of those ones where he just was basically like, I've been fouled, I'm taking this, it's pre-season. Um, and I think we've been shown why he didn't take any penalties for us last season. Did he take it to the corner and hold it in there? No, he didn't. No, it, all, to be fair, he almost hit the corner. Yeah, right. so, he he <laughs> almost went for a throw. He's obviously magnetised towards going towards the corner. So, um, yeah, poor penalty. But to be fair, we scored quite quickly after that. Um and say the pressure sort of told, and there was a bit of passing around the edge of the box. And to be fair to Gnu, he's got another goal in pre-season. Um, a good finish into the top of the net. Um, quite quite a classy finish, I thought. So um, yeah, it was one one at half time, and then basically we came back out. Um, so yeah, I, I was before we talk about the rest of the second half. I suppose it's worth mentioning the, the two central midfielders. So it was your first look at them, and obviously you'd seen them in the first half, and obviously we'll talk about the rest of the game as well. Colcott and Laurent, what do you think they they you know from seeing how they played in that game? What do you think they bring to the team? Um, both solid lads, um, both technically. Very good, like to dictate play. Uh, slightly concerned that they aren't the abs or Godfrey mm. type player yeah. that I still think we need. I think we still need a, a, a holding midfielder in there, somebody like like Mike said earlier, that, that will just put a foot in and, and break play up. Um, I'm not sure they are th- that sort of player, no. um, either of them. So... For me, I think we we are still a player short. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, we talked about this again just a minute ago. In that, I wasn't convinced at Telford, and we kind of came away thinking that. But I'm more convinced, having watched this at Port Vale, that Laurent's probably a bit more of an attacking player than we thought initially. Um, So, and Colcott's definitely an attacking player. He's quite a diminutive, young little sort of, you know, ratter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Looks a little bit like a Jake Robinson to me in some respects. Mm. Um, That was my sort of first comparison. So I still think that in terms of our squad, as you look at it, you've got Bryn Morris and Doug Loft as your sitters. You've got your option of those two. Potentially that's where I think we might want to bring in a quality player just to push that element up a little bit. But who knows? But yeah, they both did well in those in those dedicated positions against a you know a poor Telford team by the end of the game. I thought they were quite solid and, and had an effect on the game. Um, I think we'll see them grow into the season much like the lone players did last season. But I was quite impressed. I was impressed with Issa on the wing. I thought he was pretty good. Um, I thought Haynes probably had one of his better games in preseason that I've seen in terms of his defensive play. But again, the quality he was defending against was much poorer than the other games. Kennedy, to me, my, my my takeaway from Kennedy was I think he's a bit of a cart horse. I know it's early days, but he, you can see why he's on a one-year contract. And again, he might fit into that thing you just talked about, the Doug Loft mould of mm. being someone you need in the dressing room. But I'm not sure we'll see him play very much this season. He's made a big step up, hasn't yeah, he? You yeah. know, I think you, you know, you've got to give him the benefit of doubt and give him a couple yeah, of months yeah, to, yeah. to get in there. But yeah, I didn't. I don't think I saw him win a header. Um, yeah. Which which is you know a massive concern, yeah. you know, isn't it? Um, 
but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think we. I think the one thing that that struck me more than anything from Tuesday night was the pace we have going yeah, forward. Um, we have a massive amount of pace now on both wings. Um, and it will scare defences to death, I it think. Will. It will. And not, not just that, the midfielders are not slow either. You know, Lauren, was, we'll talk about the second goal, the clinching goal. Great little burst through midfield, eventually sort of played in Faye, and Faye was, was quick enough to get in and, and score a good goal as well. So I think that it's it's quite a impressive attacking unit now, the way it's coming together more now. Um, and obviously we had that defensive solidity last season that we were all very proud of, and we've basically got the same defensive line as it stands. New keeper that could be good or bad. He's not good at, good at Vale, we'll come to that. But there's, there's, there's little bits there to, to bring together that start to be positive about. But yeah, that was Telford. I suppose we'll, we'll leave that game there, really. It was... It was a win. It wasn't the most interesting, but it was interesting off the pitch. So there we go. Um, and the last preseason game was the only game I, I went to. You guys missed it. We, we played Port Vale yesterday, um, where we've obviously had this lovely summer of boiling hot weather, haven't we? Beautiful. We've all been out enjoying it, and we're looking here now. We've all got a tan, apart from Mike, who burns straight away. Yeah, but, um, all the way. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I went there in my shorts and really looked at the weather conditions, and it was grim. It must have been about twelve degrees, and well, every, it was every, it was Port Vale, of course. It was exactly. Yeah, yeah, there, was yeah, about, yeah. there was about there was about one hundred ninety town fans there, and most of them were in shorts. And I've never seen so many people huddled up and like got goosebumps all over their skin. And I bumped into one of our friends, Ben Ben, Har- ben Harvey, and I sat by him for the second half, and just basically for body warmth. That was it. Say much about his conversation, oh, that man. Oh, he's, a good, he's a good lad, Ben. He had his little lad Riley with him, and he was it was the first game he's seen this season, so it was good to see them. Um, so yeah, it was another quite high score goal scoring game really, which has been a bit of a theme of preseason, which kind of comes back to us talking about us scoring a lot, but potentially there being more issues at the back. But um, it was four two, um, two goals for Holloway, one by John Lewis, and the last goal for Wally. Um, obviously, well, it wasn't the last goal he scored the first goal, but um, yeah, it was it was a good attacking performance for me. Uh, I'll quickly run through through what I thought really because you guys weren't there. But yeah, it was it was a, a lot of goals and, and Town probably dominated it from. I don't know, about 20, 25 minutes onwards, quite similar to Telford. Um, but in that first 25 minutes, Vale were probably the better team and they were deservedly ahead. Um, their first goal was a corner and, and basically some really short guy outjumped all our defenders and headed it home, which was not too impressive. Um, yeah, so, but before that, before Vale had scored, we got our first chance to see Coleman. And again, you guys haven't seen him yet and you'll, you'll, pro- you'll definitely see him next Saturday when he starts because there's no, no chance he won't start, I don't think. He made three really good saves within the first sort of opening ten minutes. Um, you know, not Dean Anderson like, leaping across the goal type saves, but good, solid, consistent saves that I mean, at least one of them I think Arnold would have struggled to get to with his sort of, you know, falling down like a tree efforts. Um, but yeah, it was he, he looked good and his kicking was solid. Um, it wasn't until probably we got into maybe the, the latter bit of the game where he he only he hit him at, I think one way would went one way with free kick and I think it was one where he sort of tried to throw a ball out to get us going quick, which mm-hmm. he was doing the whole game, mm-hmm. uh, which he just mistimed a little bit, but. In general, to put everyone's minds at rest, for the 190 of us that were there, I was very impressed with Coleman across the whole game. And um, it's one of those things that sort of clicked into gear now that makes me think these things are coming together and Askey does know what he's doing. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a significant concern. And then uh, sort of, I've spoken to you about it since and you mm. said how good he was. And then you look at some of the feedback from Huddersfield fans who said, you've got a good one there. Yeah. There's a lot of people saying he's good with his feet. Um, and that sort of some of the the reports I read from that match were saying how he got around well, you know, he got down pretty well, and he's quite agile. So the signs are there that he's uh, he's probably not going to be as good as Henderson because Henderson was was excellent, but yeah. you know he could be at a McGillery level, mm, yeah. which would be fine. I was yeah, I was happy with that. That would have been super. And, and I say again, like other preseason games we formed behind in the season, we got back on terms straight away. We didn't let our heads drop and. John Nolan picked the ball up in central midfield and played one of those classic John Nolan balls which just split the defence mm-hmm. and he just picked out his big mate Wally running on a, on a diagonal one touch two touch and then the third touch he just fired under the keeper it was a, it was a good finish by Wally um, and great play by Nolan who I have to say in all the preseason games I've seen John Nolan has been 
banging in all of them. Yeah, he's been really good against City, against Bristol City, against Brentford, and against um, Port Vale. All teams of a, of a league quality as well. He, he stood out to me in all of the games. Because I've not seen much of him, my worry with Nolan is: you, are you looking at him? And does he look like a guy with one eye on the exit door, or does he look fully committed to this season? Well, he looks committed to playing for us, which is all he yeah. can at this stage, isn't it? You know, I, I think there was a bit of a question mark about how Toto started against Port Vale that he might have been wishing he was wearing an Ipswich <laughs> shirt, but he did pick his game up in the second half. But I don't, I don't. It doesn't look like Nolan's playing for a move. He just looked like he loves playing football. I think that's. That's clearly Good, what, yeah. clearly what kids like, I think, yeah. and doesn't mean that someone won't offer us the silly money that the club have talked about. And, and yeah, we'll come we'll come to whether people are going to leave or not in a bit. But um, there we go. Um, and then yeah, basically we got one one, and then very soon after we got two one as well. Um, Holloway had loads of time in the box after a good bit of neat play down one of the wings, and he just he just smashed it home. He's obviously got a quite a hard shot on him, which is quite useful. Um, and he's a big lad, as we've said. Interestingly, for me, when you look at the team that played, and I, I just I didn't run through the team actually, so it was Coleman and goal. Um, Bolton, Nassala, Sadler, Beckles Laurent, Loft and Nolan Wally, Holloway and Payne so this was as I said the 4-3-3 so again very different mm. um, uh, and it was a 4-3-3 not a 4-5-1 because Wally and Payne were very advanced in the game they didn't basically cover the left and right back at all so again a slightly different tactic and it was interesting for me that this was the first game I'd seen in pre-season where we didn't make loads of changes at half time I think we made a couple against Bristol City but to me, it felt like this was sort of the sifting about where we might be for Bradford in terms of these, this, this team and this right. lineup. So we didn't make any changes and we, we continued to go on and dominate the game then. So when Beckles played a really nice ball over the top to Holloway um, and he was one-on-one with a keeper, which is always a worry with Shrewsbury strikers. You just always think they're going to miss. Well, it was the Carlton Morris, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And unlike Carlton Morris, he finished really well. Nice. Really, really good. Um, there was a mistake then a bit later on when Bolton lost the ball, sort of trying to shepherd it out for a goal kick and it was robbed by Dodds. who played right for Port Vale, to be honest with yeah. you. I think he'll do well there this season. Um and he crossed the ball and I think Pope got on it in the end it might have been an OG so it was 2-3 and then Tang just came back down the other end and we're like we're not having that and again same thing someone played a ball over the top this time the shot got him one-on-one and he finished really well on the half volley to the side of the goal great play, finish to be fair play. right in front of the town fans it was, a, it was a great finish so yeah high scoring game again you'd, you'd worry about the amount of chances we conceded against a, a, a League 2 team really and one that haven't, didn't do very well last season but at the same time we did create more chances than the four we scored and we looked quite exciting going forward like we've talked about so far. So, um, yeah, that, that was it really, to be honest with you. I say it was, this was the game where I thought Laurent isn't quite the sitting midfielder that we, we thought he was in that right. first game that we watched. Um, Loft sat in there and sort of was, the, was shield in front of Laurent, uh, behind Laurent and Nolan um, and they, they did all right as a midfield three, I think. They didn't, didn't really lose the ball. Um, the wingers, the wider players sort of kept themselves well. Um so yeah, it was, it was a good performance. That's all I can really say on Port Vale. It's quite interesting what you say about the wingers not really getting back and you know playing playing further forward. Yeah. Um, because obviously that was a big big thing last season with the way he set his teams up. He expected mm. his wingers to be up and down. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if that makes us a little bit more open, a little you know leave, leaves those gaps that weren't there last season. No, I noticed at Bristol City when I went to that game when Payne was playing out as the same sort of str- and he didn't cover um, Haynes at all and it's going to be interesting. The right and left backs are probably going to get way less cover as you just said mm. then that if we play these formations. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't worry about James Bond because I've seen him be able to do that and, and step up. Haynes is the one if it's Haynes, who knows? We'll talk about it in a minute. It could be Beckles mm-hmm. but, you know, who, whoever's not playing there is probably not going to get the cover they were getting last season but, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. So, yeah, that was the end of pre-season, really. And I think just to sum it up, um, I read the comments from Askey and he was very pleased with how pre-season had gone. He thought he'd got the fitness out of it they required. Obviously, they'd been away on, on done a trip abroad that had gone well. Um, they'd got a few good wins. They hadn't lost to anyone embarrassingly. They'd competed against championship team up until the last minute. So, you know, when you take it on face value across the whole piece, you can't really complain about pre-season, can you? No, it seems to have, it seems to have been an, a worthwhile exercise, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the real the real... 
money starts on Saturday. Yep. It could all go brilliantly or it could terribly, and you just don't know, do you? No. Well, we'll move on to opening day now because we've got I've got a few questions for you, but I think we're just going to run through the, the new signings. But I think we've already talked about most of these lads, so we've talked about Laurent and what we've, we've thought. I say Doug Loft impressed enough on his trial to get get that contract. I've, I've talked to you about the keeper, but you've not seen him. But interesting for me that he, he's sort of a bit like a Joe Hart, but for Oldham. So he played re, he played a few games for them as a kid, okay. similar to Joe Hart, not quite as many over two seasons, and then was wanted by a Championship Premiership team in Huddersfield. Um, and he played five games for them in the Championship and just signed a new contract to end of last summer. So, again, a, a keeper that they obviously got high hopes for um, and, and certainly very much in the mould of Dean Henderson in terms of where his career trajectory is looking like it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to hope that that pays off as well. And Charlie Colcott um, is on loan from Chelsea um, and he's already been... Sorry, he's on loan from Chelsea, but he's already been on loan a few times. So first at Bristol Rovers... League Two, then he stepped up to Swindon, who were in League One at the time, I think. Um, and then he's been out to Vitus Arnhem, like every young player that's yeah. ever played for Chelsea. So um, they've all been there. And yeah. yeah, and also he played in the under-20s as well. One of the interesting things that I found was there was an under-20s, or it could have been under-19s England game that they played at the Meadow probably about three or four years ago. Yeah. And in the team was, was um, Colcott, was also Bryn Morris. And there was another one of the Shrewsbury lads who's on the books now and I've forgotten who it was. But um, I saw that. I saw somebody retweet. I think you might have retweeted yeah, it. Yeah. And in that game, Bryn Morris was captain and playing yeah. centre-half. He was. Really? And Deli Alley was playing central midfield. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. no wonder Bryn Morris wasn't playing central midfield. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Freddie Woodman was in goal. So yeah, you know, it was a, it was a team with some quality. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the other players that were in that team, a lot of them are playing League One, League Two football now. Mm. So shows that there's been crops of young England lads who are coming on and if they haven't made it all the way to top like alleys and potentially where Freddie Woodman might be headed, um, there's there's lads that are getting good careers who, who have come through the England system. So that's interesting that there's a bit of a link between sort of at least three players who play yeah. youth football together for England. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that pays off. But um, So that, that was the new signing since me and Ollie last talked. Um, obviously, we didn't lose one person, which was your mate Brian, uh, who apparently was saying he'd been offered four, four offers to four leave Shrewsbury Town yeah. and stayed with us. Yeah. So I think that's... Um, Good for us as a football club to yeah. know that we've we've got a CEO that sees a future here rather than you know going to a potentially bigger club and you know getting a little bit lost in the system potentially with, with some sometimes but um, yeah good good that Brian stayed anyway yeah I mean he's he's I mean we've covered this many many times yeah. before yes, um, you know he's, he's he's been brilliant since he's, he's come in with the, with the fans yeah, um, yeah. certainly with myself and Roger with regards to the safe standing and and the stuff that we've been doing with the SP it's. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been absolutely world class. Um, it's, it's, so very very pleased he's still here. It's like they say when someone resigns, it's like it's a new signing. It's like a new signing. So Brian's like a new signing this season. I don't know Brian. I can only assume one of those offers was from Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's switch. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Rovers. Yeah, oh dear. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that, that that's the new players. And I say we've talked now about everything that's gone on pre-season, and we start to think about opening day. And we we've all I've asked Mike the mics the two mics to sit and write down what they think John Askey's team will be on opening day. So what their formation will be and who they think they'll play. And and we haven't looked at each other's because I think it's going to be very interesting because it's so much of this is up in the air and we might all sit down and write the same team down and we think well maybe it will be that. But I'll start with you, Mike, brother Mike. Yeah. Okay. I think we must stick with the same formation that we had last season. Okay. Um, I think it's a good place to start as any because mm-hmm. um, a majority of the. The, the squad is actually still here so I think you'll go with Coleman in goal same uh, back line as ended the season so Bolton Toto Sadler Beckles I'm assuming Sadler's going to be captain on pitch captain now Abel Gogo's gone yeah because yeah, he so. lost that last season I think you'll probably have it back um, I did think Laurent would sit because that's what I thought he was but now you said he's not he'd probably be I'm going to say I think he'll pick Doug Lo- the, the, the mid peel part of my team is a mess on this piece of yeah, paper yeah, I've got here because yeah. I can't pick it so I think he'll pick Doug Loft 
I would prefer to pick Bryn Morris in there because I know more about him. Mm. And then I think you'll go with Laurent and Nolan sitting in front of him in a, in a two. Um, both of them trying to be a bit more energetic up and down. I think you'll have Wally on one wing. I'd like him to play Faye on the other wing. Yeah. But I think you'll play Payne. Okay. I would prefer to play Payne up front. Yeah. But I think you'll play Holloway. Yeah, okay. So, and then I've sort of, with the players I couldn't pick, you look at people like Gilead, Issa, um, Hendry, you know, the shop, there's so many options. This mm. is what I'm saying, we've got a lot of mm. good options. Um, even Africa knew who he said is like championship quality. Had a decent preseason. Yeah, like, um, it, so it's difficult to pick, but yeah, my team would have been um, same back runners last year, Coleman. And the, the sort of a mess of midfield and the forward line that I can't okay. pick. Yeah. Um, what about you? Have you gone not, for the same formation? Pretty, yeah, same formation, not much different to be fair. Coleman in goal, uh, Bolton, Sadler, Toto, but I've gone for Haynes, I think he'll, okay. he'll start with Haynes. Um, I think Nolan and Laurent will, will play as a two. I think we will have a new player in as a holder midfielder Ooh, by then. Mm. Um, I think he's probably still after one so I wouldn't be surprised to see a holding midfielder in Um, Wally and I hope he plays Faye um, just purely from what I've seen pre-season as the two wingers and and I think he'll go Holloway up front it's very interesting you haven't got pain in your team no, really, no. Yeah. The most interesting thing about this is we're all agreed on goalkeepers. So we've all, well, gone, we've yeah. all, we've all gone for Coleman. <laughs> I've sided with my brother and gone for Beckles rather than Haynes, but the rest of the defence picks itself. So you've got, and we've all gone for four at the back. So that's fairly clear what's happened. I, I think he'll play four four two because I don't on the on the on the principle that we don't find the sitting midfielder before Saturday. So we've got seven days to get it done. Um, I think we, he might go for four four two because. When you look at the players who've been in the best form of a pre-season, you can fit them all in. That's just that's just my I think view. You've got to consider who are playing on Saturday. They're a very good team. Yeah. So you need to stop the, the, the middle of the park. I think exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? But but this is this is what I think you'll do, and I could be completely wrong. And we'll see what happens. But I've gone for Wally, and again, like you both, I've gone for Faye. So it, we all think you'll play Faye. I think he really likes Faye. He's obviously brought him in. He, he was one of his first signings. He did well last season. He's done well in pre-season. There's no reason not to play him if we're playing him on the wing. Um, I've gone for Nolan and Laurent in the central midfield area, and I've gone for Holloway and Payne because they've both been good in pre-season. I'd like to just see us. Go, I, I personally would like to see us go for a two up front, big man and a little man like Payne. I think it promote promote Payne getting more goals, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that I think that's what he'll do. But as I say, who knows? So it's interesting. You two have gone for the formation of last season. I've gone for a different formation, and it's almost like. Does he want to do the same thing we did last season or does he want to get out from under the shadow of Hurst and yeah. put his own style on it? I don't know. It would be interesting. One of the other reasons I would pick uh, pick the same formation as last season is because the goalkeeper and the, the centre-halves haven't had much time to play together. Mm. So I, I think that you'd benefit from a shield in midfielder there to, to to give them a less busy time basically while they sort of sort themselves out. Yeah. Interesting. So there we go. I think that um, you know it'd be interesting to see what everyone that listens to the podcast and, and follows us on Twitter thinks. And, and you know, if you can send your teams to to the Sapcast Twitter account, we'll have a look and we'll we'll have a review of that in the next episode when we know what the, what the starting team was. But um, not not too much different in terms of players. We've sort of put them in slightly different positions, and there's certain players we haven't picked that are obviously probably not going to start. So yeah, very interesting. Hopefully that's given everyone an idea of what we think. But um, yeah, we'll be interested to see what you think in terms of playing the team. Then, so if you've got your teams lined up. We're obviously playing Bradford at home, first game of the season. Um, who, interestingly, lost one 0 to Carlisle United on Saturday really? um, in their last preseason game, and they Good. played. Presu- they played from what Bradford fans were saying on their message boards, their strongest team and the team they were going to go with into this season. So um, they've obviously not finished with a win like we didn't, uh, that like we did. So, what do you think is going to happen? Well, Bradford has spent a lot of money on them, I believe, but is it a big turnover players or is it? making the squad they had last season slightly better. They bought a lot of players and let a lot go. So it's, it's difficult to set like a completely new squad yeah. quickly. So we might have a chance in their sort of bedding-in period. Yeah. So 
it can go one of two ways. Either we, we'll take advantage of the fact that they're not quite cohesive enough yet, or they're they're going to be so good they'll blow us away. I, I, you know, mm. it's it's difficult to tell, isn't it? But I'd like to think that the I think compared to last season, we won a lot of games one nil yep. because we were really solid defensively. But we 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 worked as a defensive union hitting the break. The, from what I've heard, we we attack with a lot of pace now, and I think we'll play a lot more front foot possibly, uh, and we might win more games three two than we did one 0 last season. So I think we'll score on Saturday, and I think we'll give them a good game, uh, and I think it depends on which opposition turns up as opposed to what we do. Interestingly, I've just gone onto Bradford's website to look at what they've done pre-season, and it's awful. They've only won one game of eight oh, by the way. They uh, they got a game against Farsley Celtic cancelled because safety concerns, <laughs> so that didn't help. Um, their first Too game, many fans. <laughs> first game against Geisley, they lost two one. The second game they played York, they lost one nil. Third game they played Sheffield United, they won three two. The next game, they, sorry, they lost three two, so they, they lost the first three. Then they beat Bradford Park Avenue, but only two one. Then they played Harrogate Town and lost seven two. Eh? Then they played Carlisle United and lost one nil. Not great, is it? That pre-season record no, compared to ours. So no. you know, that's appalling. It's really, it's really bad, isn't it? Yeah. But when you look at the players they brought in, I was, I was just going to have a look at the sort of transfers in they've had. Their names that you've heard of, you know, they've signed that Sean Scannell from Huddersfield, Hope Apcan from Burton Albion, who was playing Championship football last season, um, Josh Wright, who's been really good for Southend the last yeah, few years. Yeah. Um, they've obviously signed uh, a young lad, a right back called Joe Riley from United. It's not the Joe Riley. It's um, he's, a, he's a young lad that's supposed to be going places but they've signed these players they haven't got them in on loan mm. um, and they've got Richard O'Donnell who was a keeper from Northampton Town oh it's absolutely chucking it down with rain outside if anyone can hear a noise <laughs> on the podcast that's what it is so these are all players that you know, you've know you heard of and you, and you think you know they should be doing better than, than, than the way they are and they've got George Miller on loan from Middlesbrough and Jack Payne on loan from Huddersfield so good players at this level good players, yeah. good players but anyway, I think like Mike says it depends how, how quickly they bed in you know that bit like Berry, um, you know, last season, I mean, this time last season, we were all sat exactly. here talking about, you know, how many points Berry were going to win the league by because they were signing every player you can imagine that mm. was was becoming available. Um, and look what happened there. Exactly. It took, you know, so you, you never know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, certainly be an interesting one. I think you could you could look at both teams in, in, in a very Alan Partridge style. We've evolved, they've, re- you know, they've revolved. <laughs> <laughs> Evolution or revolution. And they seem to rip through up start again, whereas we've, We've kept quite a lot of the squad from last season and added a few bits and pieces yeah. here. So which approach works we'll better on Saturday? We'll find yeah. out. And on Saturday we'll find out. And obviously we'll find out across the season, won't we, where it goes because they might settle down and we might go off a ball and it'll be a, it'll be a long long stretch, won't it? So, um, yeah, I suppose the last thing I was going to say is then scorelines then. What are you guys going to go for? We're going to win 2-1. 2-2. I'm going to go 1-1. <laughs> Despite everything we said about scoring lots of goals, we've seen lots of goals. Mm. I think opening day is normally quite tight, isn't it? And... People rather just come away with saying well, we didn't lose opening day, and you can build on that. Blah 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 blah. So one one, I think, will probably what I'll go for. But we'll ask Ollie for his score line, um, and he can put it on Twitter, and we can start tracking the scores like we did last season, which he beat me on, which I wasn't very pleased about. Um, so there we go. And my last question for you guys then is: that's it. That season will start. But what now? We've got it all in place. What are your expectations for Shrewsbury Town this season? Like Michael's on the end of season podcast, and you talked about us. Going high, playoffs, didn't you? Yeah, you were looking at playoffs. Yeah, um, I was. Are you now so impressed that you think we'll walk it? Um, <laughs> the sort of 42 minutes I managed to catch of that game outside of the Pepper Pig Mac. Um, I think Askey's come out and said he wants to go for the playoffs mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. We haven't lost enough of the squad that I'm concerned. You know, the players that we have lost, um, you're talking about Rodman, um, Henderson was a big loss, I think, yeah. and Agogo and Brown were good when they played but we've survived large parts of the season without them last mm. season you know Gogo's stats for when we played and how well we did are great but we've kept enough of the squad from last season that they should be able to 
to, to, to bed some new players in and it's all about the, the signing so I think we can at least look for 8th, ninth, 10th I think you okay. know. and the push for the playoffs good that's fairly optimistic and on the podcast at the end of season last season I said I'd, I'd like us just to look between easily staying up anywhere between 15th and 10th I'd be more than happy mm. with and again there's been lots of changes and there's lots of things we talked about that might not happen it might not bed in like we think we could lose the opening three you know, I'd rather judge ten, but I think if we're somewhere in that bracket, I'd be happy. But what about you, Mike? Are you uber positive or uber negative? Um, I'm in the middle. To <laughs> Good, be that's fair. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sat on the fence on this one. I bet. Personally, I, I, I'd be quite happy, um, and I'll probably get slated for this. I'd be quite happy with a mediocre mid-table yeah, I would. finish this season. <laughs> you animals. Um, I think. Yeah, I think last season, I think realistically, we massively over mm. overachieved. Um, yeah, I think my concern is that our fans won't be happy with that, um, and mm. and that may put the manager under a little bit of pressure. But yeah, um, yeah I, I'd, I'd be quite happy. I, I I don't think we'll be I don't think we'll be relegation material, but I, I think I, I can't see us pushing for the playoffs this season. Yeah, the general fan base reaction and, and expectation that will build over the first ten games is going to be interesting, isn't it? You know. It, it, that could make or break Askey and it could be a bit unfair on him in some respects because you know there has, there's, there's been this thing that happened last season that's going to dictate about how people's expectations have been risen which is fine but if we'd have finished 12th in League One last year everyone would have been buzzing yeah. if yeah. we finish 12th this year yeah. I don't think everyone should be throwing the baby out of the bathwater we should still be pretty happy with that so, progress I think yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I, I think it's um, it's a concern that last season was so good and, and, and my, my genuine opinion of last season it all clicked so well for the first three quarters of the season and I think that last quarter did we revert to type, to our level so mm-hmm. we were so good we were top of the league and we tailed off towards the end of the season and we let in a few scrappy goals and actually it was more like the team I expected to see that season towards the end and if we start like that mm-hmm. it's still better than we were the 12 months previous so like you say 12th is a good season yeah. because it's, it's consolidation in League 1 which was always the plan and then to try and get out of it in two or three years' time. So mm. last year was a little bit ahead of schedule. If we if we did a twelve sort of mid table job, I think it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the squad, we've obviously got a few things that we've got to worry about. I think there's there's still question marks over Toto Nolan and potentially Beckles in late bids in in the market. You know they're players that would be wanted by other clubs. We've obviously got an ex-manager who hasn't yet come back to his former club to buy a player, which they normally do. You know, John Askey did that. He's come back and he's got Kieran Kennedy in he? and I think one of the other lads had played with him before. It's quite unusual for a manager not to go back and get, or at least inquire about getting one of the players. He may well even have done that. Um, but as I say, the club have said it'll require silly money. And obviously, Ipswich have now got £8 million worth of silly money knocking around from selling one of their players. You know, let's go percentages. What percentages do you think there is of both Toto and Nolan being here on opening day? When when does the so transfer window shut? All right, yeah. By the end of the transfer window, then it's that's the end so of ninth. August. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so ninth August. Ninth okay, August so ninth August. Closes. Um, fairly decent because, like we've said, I, I don't think Roland's minded to sell to Ipswich mm-hmm. if, if if how they handled the move of Hurst is to be believed. So it would take silly money. So I don't think they will. But if they do go, we're going to be quite rich. Um, as we've chance? said, what percentage? <laughs> 69 69 okay that they're here that they're both here so it's shading the favourability yeah okay what about you Mike um, <laughs> you probably know a bit more informed no 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 I personally don't think Total will be here I think okay. Total will be gone um, and I think uh, Nolan it's jury's still out I think it depends be depends who comes in for him um 
I think if a bid comes in, you could end up seeing two or three clubs come in for him. Um, mm-hmm. But if that's going to happen, that'll be right at the end of the window. My my concern then is we will be in the same position as we were a few seasons ago yeah. with with Woods and uh, and Connor sort of you know Colcott I think has possibly been brought in with an eye on that mm. as a as a potential replacement for him. Um, and it was quite interesting seeing um, Beckles play centre half against Brentford, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, so again, I, I wouldn't be surprised to to, to see. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them go. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised to see Beckles either because there seems to have been a lot of talk yeah, about Beckles yeah. going as well. So it's interesting. We'd it's... Imagine losing all three of them on the day before the transfer window shuts. Well, that's the that's <laughs> well, um... Clubs leave it till then, and then what gives money in the bank when you can't replace anybody? You know exactly. Well, then, if we lost all three of them, I'd revise my predictions of weapons this season. I think Brian's been quite honest when he he, he sort of said, "Look, we don't need the money. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we've we've obviously got money in the bank from the little deal from the the corner money. Potentially, if Ryan Woods goes, yeah. there's going to be a big you know chunk coming in there. Um, so I, I don't think we need the money, but." We all use the phrase "silly money." What is silly money for Shrewsbury Town? I think that's the that's the the question. Million, you know. We wouldn't turn a million down for either of them, would we? I wouldn't have thought so. No, and that's not so. a lot of money to someone like Ipswich no, or it Bristol isn't. City. No. Or no. you'd turn a million down on transfer deadline day. I don't think we would. I think you would. No chance. This this is much. We, this is much money as we make in three seasons. But there's a there's a there's the argument of. You've got you've got, there's a premium for not being able to replace that important player in the squad. So you have to pay over the odds then a million now. Yeah, well, yeah. If it was like five minutes before midnight, we'd probably turn it down. But as <laughs> if there was six hours left to find someone on loan, and the loan window's open to the end of August. Oh, true enough. So you've still got the opportunity to re- replace them in that respect. Yeah. I don't, you know, Ronan Witchie's not going to turn a million pound down for any player. You know, what's our biggest sale? It's Joe Hart still, isn't it? Joe Hart. You know, we'd be one of these players could push our biggest sale ever. To be honest with you, particularly Nolan. I think he's so highly rated. And, and so we, we should talk about it because as much as it's just rumours that have been knocking around I think there is some substance in that they are probably being all three of them have been looked at and would be wanted by other clubs and so you know you've just got to basically all touch wood and hope it doesn't happen but almost certainly would be in the situation come January whatever happens so if they do stay I'd say it's 50-50 if I'm, I was I'm, picking a percentage I think the reason I'm more more obliged to say that Toto's going to go he's, he's got what 18 months left yep. on his contract yep. hasn't he so you know I think Nolan's got two years, I think, still left. Yep, so we, yes, we, yeah. we can afford to, to sort of hold on to him and, and yep. not really worry. Whereas Toto, I think, you know, as soon as you get down to that 12 months, you, you sort of start panicking a little mm. bit, don't you? So. But if he's the one that goes, Mike, we'll probably sign Geraldo. So everyone's happy then, aren't they? Because we'll, <laughs> we'll did he come in, on yesterday? He did a little bit right at the end, I think, yeah. yeah. And Jack Jules. Which <laughs> is on to the next point, really, which is there's still a couple of players in the squad that probably feel like a little bit of fat that needs trimming, in all honesty. And it's harsh on some of these players because... Yeah. Sometimes they play for us and not let us down, but sometimes they've just been non-events. You know, Zach Jules has hardly ever played for us. Has been out on loan at another club. Does not look like he's been getting a feature at all from what no. we've seen in pre-season. No. Um, and there's a couple of fringe players from last season that you could say the same thing about. So you know, there's there's a chance that not only we're going to have to deal with bids from things, but we're probably going to be doing some work behind the scenes to try and move these players on. And I suspect at least three or four will go out on loan, um, yeah. and they won't be the young lads. Yeah. They'll be. Well, I think you know, that, um, the interesting thing with the young lads is all the senior pros still. Second year pros now, aren't they? Yeah. They they can't play for the youth team. So if they're not in and around the first team, these lads aren't getting games. So the likelihood is, you know, the players like Ryan Barnett, Christoph Schellis, uh, John McAtee, you know, they're all going to have to go out on loan mm. 
to to get game time. Yeah. Otherwise, then you know they're just going to spend the next twelve months twiddling their fingers, not doing it. Cameron Gregory's going to have to do the same, isn't he? Yeah. Even even, yeah. even his experience, there's absolutely no point in him sitting behind Arnold and and uh, you know the new keeper for the rest of the season. He might as well go out and get games at yeah. a lower level if it's yeah. Welsh Premier Division. It'll suit him. It'll do him a job for that, the season. So that's it. You know. So yeah, you know, people like Zach Jules, I think a little bit different. Yeah, I think he'll he'll be gone. I, I, you know, I was really surprised to see. I think it was the first pre-season friendly that the youth team went to in Newtown or something, mm. and Zach Jules was playing. Yeah, you know that that doesn't do a lad's confidence any good. How old when is you, he, Zach Jules? He's got to be mid twenties. He's not an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. You know, so okay. I mean, that kind of done is 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 uh, confidence very good and you look at players like Sam Jones you know a bit of a strange one you know when we signed him it was sort of like not really sure why we'd signed him um Zach Jules is 21. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he? Well, there you go. I thought he was quite young. I think you're writing him off. Uh, I, I thought he was older than that, though. He looks older. But yeah, right. So yeah, he's only young, isn't he, I suppose. There we go. I might hmm. be wrong then. Interesting. <laughs> Set and a half as well. They, they tend to get better as they get Set slightly mid, yeah. mid or mid-20s, don't they? So Back to fail. That's what I can see for Zach Jules. Um, so yeah, there we go. Well, so yeah, there'll be a, a, a sort of final trimming of the squad, won't there, before it all comes to play. So... Um, yeah, there we go. I thought the last thing to talk about really was you've got the verge of your, your safe standing. Well, yours, I say our, as a football club now. We're all our very proud of it. Yeah, our, our safe standing. But obviously, you've worked really hard on it, Mike. Um, yeah, next Saturday, the, yeah. the ribbon will be cut. Is there a ceremonial ribbon cutting? Yeah, well, uh, oh, apparently so. Well, we, there's a, a launch, I'll say party. It's not really a party. It's sort of a, the guys that, that bought um, tickets and helped us with the... Um, Fundraising have been asked to come on on the Friday night and also on the Saturday to nice. a bit of a bit of a do and and we'll be cutting the ribbons and yeah just can't can't wait to get it done to be honest yeah. it's it's one of those things that now it's in and ready to go um, yeah sort of just 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 waiting to to see it in action now mm, it's good and we, we we've been working at the fanzine and, and some of the other bits and pieces on a couple of new banners this week so we've got a new banner. Uh, based on the spinal tap, turn it up to eleven thing with the sort of spinal tap shoe tan badge, which um, someone on Twitter had come up with, and I think it's going to look fantastic. And also, we've got a standing tall amongst giants banner yeah. as well now, which is good because iconic about last season. It's sort of like the phrase from last season that will sort of stick with us, I think. So this is going to be a real sort of vibe about that area, and sort of the banners and and the look of it and the, the color of it. I just think it's going to be something very unique in, in in this in this football league that we play in. So yeah, it's going to be good, and we're going to try it out at some point, aren't we? Yeah, we'll get over season. there and have yeah. a look. Yeah, so it's good. like. But I won't be doing that on Saturday because I can't make here. the game. Yeah, I'm not here, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, a bit of a gut. It's something I will be going to, and I'm sure that Mike uh, Mike Davis will be coming as well, is the, the manager Q&A on Monday night. Um, so if you follow Blue and Amber Fanzine on Twitter, I'll be doing some live coverage of it there because um, I don't believe they're going to be live streaming it, which is a shame. Um, so, yeah, Exiles, I'll be putting some of the key quotes out. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm going there interested to see what he has to say about us as a club and as a fan base because to me he's still Mr Maxfield in some respects you know he's such a legend there and I want, I want to ask him a question about what he thinks he could mean to us as super fans and what, what he's, he's pitched to us as if he will because I don't think we've had that we've had his teams and his football and his tactics and mm. seen all that. I don't think he's hasn't said a lot has he hasn't said a lot no I think you know when you look at Paul Urs when he came in he, he set his stall out very early yeah, yeah. when he went to Ipswich he set his stall out very early he told them how they were going to play you know, laid down the way he wanted his players to to, to respond and all the rest. Ask hasn't really done that, um, nope. so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what he says. It's a good opportunity for him, isn't it? That's that's for sure. So yeah, there we go. So lots coming up this week. I think the main thing is everyone save their voices because they'll be much needed next Saturday yeah. um, as we try and roll the lads on at the start of another good season and. Um, 
yeah, thanks for joining us, Mike no and problem. Mike. Um, no I worries. will be back with Mike Price yeah. <laughs> next week because Ollie's still away on holiday, and we're going to be joined by um, uh, a man of ex man of the press, Chris Hudson, who used to cover Shrewsbury Brown Telford. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a he's a Shrewsbury fan, always been a Shrewsbury fan. Um, so yeah, we have a new guest on as well, and uh, yeah, hopefully everyone will be back and will join us next Sunday night. So um, yeah, thanks for listening and enjoy the week before the season starts. 